is the multimodal prod podcast for dual credit English. This is Theobald relating to the firefighter mental health essay, visual analysis. Today, <clears throat> I am going to be talking about firefighter mental health, how it affects firefighters, what firefighters go through, and how they have to deal with it. I have alongside me West Peoria Fire Department Engineer Will Kemper. Will, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing mighty fine. Uh, today, uh, Engineer Kemper, he's joining us to talk about how mental health has affected him, uh, how it's affected his family, um, what he's done to combat it, and tips he has for others. Real quickly, we're going to recap a little bit from the visual analysis essay. The essay was based around a picture. It's uh, a firefighter performing CPR on another firefighter who appears to have uh, suffered some sort of injury while fighting a working house fire. Uh, at the time this related to me, I just ran a pretty personal call. Actually, it was two months ago from this date. Um, and so I felt that it was at the right time for me to talk about said mental health. <clears throat> um, we see that Firefighter 2 appears to be passing away, um, and Firefighter 1 screaming for help. Um, stuff like this is the ultimatum of what firefighters have unfortunately have to go through every day. Um, with that being said, I'm going to ask it again. Will, how are you today? Good. Will here is an engineer with the West Peoria Fire Department. Will, you've been on for three and a half years? We're coming on four, right? Three years. Three years? Okay. Um, previously, Creve Corps Fire Department. You also work now for Germantown Hills Fire Department. Um, so he's got his experience and some time on the job. <clears throat> Let's start with, um, why don't we start with the call? Um, obviously, I have you here today. Uh, mental health has... Or traumatic experiences affected you personally. Um, let's get on the basis of, you know, how did it affect you? Like, what kind of call did you have to run? How did it? What kind of traumatic experience did you have to go through to um, deal with said mental health? It pretty much started back when I first became an EMR, and I had my license for just over 24 hours where I was in the system to operate as an EMR which is an emergency medical responder. Um, I was on Creek Four Fire at the time, and we had a call for a child that was not breathing. Get there, um, it was a five-month-old, found in bed, was not breathing. Everyone in the home had pneumonia. And that's pretty much oh. when I started having issues. Okay. Um, the mentality <clears throat> back then was, shut up, get back on the truck, or the next call, you'll be fine. Yeah. Now... That mentality, how long did it take you for you to, like, really think about getting help? 19 years. 19 years. Now, the mentality of, you know, shut up, get back on the truck, do the job, you know, it, it's kind of, would you say it's starting to go out the window? Uh, yes. Now, more and more as we learn more about um, mental health, we have developed, we, uh, fire departments across the nation have developed things like central or Critical incident stress briefing. We'll hear more about that Wednesday, May 5th, from Greg Walters, retired fire chief of the Peoria Heights Fire Department. He's going to talk a little about the critical incident stress debriefing team he uh, leads and is a part of. We also have things like the Illinois Firefighter Peer Support Group. 
Now, well, it's my understanding that you've contacted them and have had experiences with them. Yes. Okay. What it was that experience like? Very easy. Mm -hmm. um, I sent them a message online when I reached out for help. They called me within about an hour. I had a phone call within three hours. I was set up to meet with a therapist in the area, local to me, to help me through my issues. And since that phone call, how how much better is your mental health today? Compared to 19 years ago. Compared to what it was, it's a lot better. It's a lot better. But um, going through it, you'll always have issues. Yeah. Um, no matter how long it's been, you'll always have flashbacks. You'll always think of things. Um, pretty much online, like PTSD. Is yep. exactly how they explained it. Yep. Uh, so you'll always have issues, but talking about it and opening up actually relieves a lot of pressure. Yep. Instead <clears throat> of hanging on to it until you break. Yeah. Um, now, do you have any advice for others? Ask for help. Don't keep it in. Don't keep it in. Um, over those 19 years, in the back of my head, it was, if you spoke about it, you were weak, don't talk to anybody, um, just get back on the truck and go through and do it again. Yeah. And to a point, that's correct. Yes, no matter what the call that you just ran is, you need to get back on the truck and run the next call. Yeah. Um, but don't hold stuff in. If you feel like you need to speak to somebody or feel like you need to reach out, you need to. Um, even if it's just to a fellow firefighter in your department just to talk to that you feel comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we have for sure obviously been exposed to really, really crappy situations. I mean... What I mean, back, let's see, exactly two months ago to this day, I myself ran on one of our fire department members who you and I both knew very closely. That firefighter passed away, unfortunately, and I still deal with it today. And, you know, I've had people tell me, um, you know, they don't understand what it's like. It's partial. It's I mean, we get it, would you say? I mean, it's not like we don't want you guys to understand it. It's just more of a... You kind of have to do it to understand it. You have it. to do it to understand it. And that was a big problem that I had is I would go home and I would speak to the girl I was with at the time, who's my daughter's mom. I would talk to her about issues that I was seeing, things that were bothering me. And they have no idea the kind of things that we see, which they're lucky. Mm -hmm. Because they are. we see some horrible things and we see some very good things. Um, unfortunately, in this line of work, we mostly see the horrible side of situations, not the better side. Yep. So it's not saying that they don't understand what we're going through, but they can't put the picture in their mind of what we see. Yeah. And you know, it's like I was talking to my father, uh, fire captain, investigator, Josh Harris, the Peoria Fire Department. You know, he was saying he's been fortunate enough never to really, you know, experience having to help somebody he has known due to this. I mean, he works for a bigger city than we do. And I think that's um, a risk, or I should say a knowledgeable thing that volunteer firefighters with small towns like the size of West Peoria, it's only about 5,000 people big, 1.1 square miles from tip to tip. I mean, you know you're going to be running on the people you know. It's just a matter of when is it going to happen. Um, <clears throat> I think you said it really, like they, I think you said it well, people do know what we, like what we go through. It's just a matter of they can't put that picture in their head. Um, have you ever 
had to work on somebody? You know, I mean, I know I have, but have you ever yes. had to? Yes. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, my grandmother, okay. actually, um, was being dropped off at her house when I was a teenager. And when we walked in, we found her down in the living room. Um, the last time anybody saw her was roughly about two, two and a half hours prior to that. Um, and she was in arrest. Mm-hmm. Now... What was that like as a teenager, would you say? I mean, you're not a first responder yet. You're only – you're a young kid. You don't understand it. Yeah. As much as we, you learn in school about life and death and stuff like that, you really don't understand or grasp the concept of it, especially of what happened at that particular moment in time. You know, and I think the image that I have here that goes along with this podcast, the essay I use – I. I portrays the colors of it just it, that's a good picture i think that would go along with this wouldn't you i mean mm-hmm. just I agree. it's it's an ultimately crappy situation all around i mean firefighters were like brothers i've got no doubt on my mind will's one of my good friends and we create a brotherhood with not only firefighters i mean we meet firefighters all over the world world you're instantly you've got a special connection with them and i think you know to work I say work to help somebody that's not only somebody you know, but a firefighter just really adds that extra level of, you know, this sucks. Um, On, let's see here, on, like I said, on May 5th, 2021, we'll hear from retired Chief Greg Walters. Um, about the critical incident stress debriefing team. Will, have you ever gone through a critical incident stress debrief before? I have. Now, did you, would you say it helped you? I mean, some people it helps, some people it doesn't help. For me, when I had to go through it, it was more of a, like, I think it helped. I'm still trying to, like, really decide that. I'm... It, it helps at the moment. Um, in my opinion, and strictly just my opinion, uh, speaking about it, it, it was involving a car accident. It was the only one I've actually attended. Um, it was up here on West Peoria. We were on a car accident where it was head-on collision. A uh, female was alive in the vehicle. I extricated her in the time frame of when I was cutting her out of the vehicle. She kept rubbing my arm, asking me to get her out. Yeah. Um, as soon as I got the dashboard off of her and moved her out of the vehicle, she started screaming and then went unresponsive. Yep. Uh, so she, she ended, ended, ended up... Uh, being pronounced deceased at the hospital about six days later. Yep. Um, and then it kind of hit all of us that were on that call. Yeah. Six days later, um, from the time of the call, we ended up getting a stress debrief team up here immediately. Yep. Um, and I sat through that. That's the only one I've actually sat through. And to hear how it affects everybody, it makes you feel like you're not alone. Yeah. For the situation. However, it's temporary relief. Yeah. So I felt fine through that whole situation and never had any issues. Yep. Um, and about almost a year on the, on the mark, had another head-on collision at Germantown, where I work at. And from that call, it set up basically the same way. Yeah. And it brought back flashbacks from that call, which is when I reached out to the firefighter peer support group rally. Yep. Now, you know... And I think the big thing I want to hit on here is that everybody, while you feel that you're not alone, everybody deals with it differently. Yes. Am I right? I mean, I know when I ran my call, 
the older guys I was with, it didn't really affect them at all. And the newer people would affect it just because, you know, the more and more that you do this, the more and more you kind of become, I don't want to use the word immune, but I feel like that's a good word for it. Just because, I mean, or like a sponge. It's, it's not immune. It's just they've seen it so much. Yeah. It's just to them it's another call. Yep. Um, and it does still affect them. I know a lot of the older generation of firefighters, I mean, calls like that affect them very badly. It's just from the way they were raised, they deal with it differently. Yep. I know, and that's something that, you know, hopefully it's going to change. Just, I mean, and the older generation's doing a great job of looking out for the newer generation now. I mean, heck, one reason that the newer generation is getting so much, not support per se, but so much help is just because of the older generation. I know um, as soon as the firefighter I ran on passed away, our um, assistant chief, uh, Jim Stecker, he was immediately on the phone with this fire chief, Greg Walters, getting a stress debriefing team um, to our firehouse to talk about it right away. So, I mean, they're getting those connections for us. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, do you think that more could be done or it could be done better or worse? Mm -hmm. Where we're at now compared to where we were at 10 years ago is a complete 360. Um, 10 years ago, for instance, if you had a mental health issue in the fire service, it was, if you brought it up, people hazed you, um, talked down to you, this isn't the job for you, you need to find something else to do, you're not strong enough. Whereas today with mental health, um, one good thing that we have is that there's a lot of outreach programs to assist us. We have the critical stress debrief, um, the University of Illinois, the Fire Institute, every eight, I believe it's every 40 hour class that you take, you're required to take a minimum of a two hour resiliency program, yep. which teaches you about firefighter mental health and how to reach out and get assistance. Um, because unfortunately in our profession, uh, firefighter suicides are actually leading firefighter, firefighter deaths yeah. compared to heart attacks or other traumatic incidents. Actually, I believe I have that stat in here. It is, um, according to according to FEMA, the firefighter suicide rates have been rising. I don't have the exact number because it is still rising. Uh, so far, 2020 is on track to set, a, or 2021, I apologize, apologize is on um, track to set a new record for firefighter suicides. But... I guess the good thing is that firefighter line of duty deaths so are trending down. So, I mean, we have got good and bad when it relates to firefighter deaths. I mean, like I said, we need to focus more on the mental health aspect of it. Um, and, and like you said, it doesn't get any easier. I mean, the more and more you do this is, it, I, I don't want to say get used to it, but at the point, it's kind of like it's going to happen. You know, mine, unfortunately, was two months earlier than what I probably would have or should have done it at, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's not, it wouldn't have affected me, I don't think any differently, but, and I knew it was gonna be happening. One thing is like with the signs of the pandemic that we have going on, the stress that that has called, has caused onto providers. Um, with, on the medical side, there's things that, you know, they took away from us that we could provide people that would be life-saving measures. Yep. And you can't perform those because of the risk COVID-19 yeah. and risking the health of everyone on that particular call or family members. 
So that puts a lot of stress on the providers, um, both EMS and fire. And I know, you know, being exposed to COVID in general, I mean, not even doing the treatment, it's just like getting the phone call saying, you know, you need a quarantine, you've been exposed. That, that sucks. You got it, I've got it. It's, that was, it's two weeks of isolation. I mean, and the isolation we know for nobody is easy. To add that on the fact of you might have a life-altering illness, that's just added stress. And some people feel it's necessary just to end their lives. Yep. It's sad, but, I mean, is it understandable? Kind of, sort of. I mean, I, I can't really say it isn't understandable. Um but I think that, you know, that being said, the, the another main thing is, like you said, we need to talk, right? I mean, obviously you and I sit here today and we're talking about this, but there have been times before, you know, I've woken up at 2 in the morning crying. You've woken up late at night crying. It's just like times like that when you feel isolated, nobody to talk to. Because I'm the kind of person that doesn't want to bother anybody. I know right. I need to talk to somebody, but I don't want to sit there at 2 o'clock in the morning and wake you up. Because I, I, I don't mean, if I had to be woke up at 2 in the morning, I, I would, but do I prefer it? Not really. So it's just like, I'm the kind of person that doesn't want to. And I think that's where some of the problems are. It's like when you get late at night and you're dealing with these problems, it comes down to, you know, you've got nobody there. You know, um, when I contact the firefighter, Illinois Firefighter Peer Support Group, the mentor I had, uh, his name's Jeremy. I didn't get a last name. He's in my department south of South Peoria. He said, you know, call me at any time. But that one thing is, like, I don't know what his schedule is. That's one thing that I felt was difficult trying to talk about it. Um, did you ever feel that way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's been numerous times where I woke up and from a dead sleep and I would be having cold sweats. Like you have a nightmare, yep. but yet you don't remember any of it. Yep. And then you just sit there and you cry. Mm -hmm. um, I was having those issues when I first started going to counseling. Mm -hmm. um, they have gotten better over time yeah. since I've been going, but you're unfortunately you'll see something traumatic on a call and you think everything's going to be just fine. You're going to go home and you can still have those flashbacks. Yep. And anything can trigger it. I mean, it's weird. It really is weird. I think my dad was yelling at me for something one time, and it just triggered it. I don't know why it triggered it, but it just did. I mean, heck, I was looking today at something from my school, and it just triggered it. It's like you never know when it's going to hit. You don't. And that's, I think, another thing that people are like, you know, it just hits them at a time that, you know, really is not a good time for it, and they're just like, I want to end it. And it's unfortunate. It really is. That being said, do you have anything else you want to add today? Just reach out when you need help. Yeah, that's don't, a big don't one. Don't feel that it makes you weak. Yep. Um, that being said, you know, we have, um, lucky enough, we've got some things to help us um, combat these. The big one that I want to, want to share, um, the Illinois firefighter peer support group easy to contact you can contact via email you can contact via phone 
Um, actually, I've got their phone number right here. The phone number for them, um, like I said, really easy to contact. You All you got to do is call. Let me find it really quick. All you gotta do, all you gotta do is call 855-90-SUPPORT. That's 855-907-8776. And in the event that you have feel that you have nobody to talk to, I suggest that you contact the National Suicide Hotline Prevention Lifeline. Uh, it's 800-273-8255. Uh, somebody is always willing to talk and to listen. Um, with that being said, Will, I'd like to thank you for coming out today and speaking. Um, repeat, this is for Dual Credit English, Multimodal Podcast, uh, and thank you.